Hello and welcome to another episode of Sales Talk. This is Justin Taylor, Novell's identity and security guru, bringing you another episode dealing with the role-based provisioning module and really provisioning in general. And so in our last episode, we had the privilege of talking to Ferris Argyle, a um, product manager in our identity and security group. And we were discussing about provisioning and what role-based provisioning really brought to the table. So we'd like to welcome him back today. Welcome again to the show, Ferris. Thanks very much. Great to have the opportunity to talk with our field. So in our last one, we talked about what some of the the pain points were, and we talked a little bit about productivity and enforcing rules and things of that nature. And when we think about this as we move into this next section where we talk about the actual product, what are the capabilities now that we're going to give to our customer? What, What is it this product does that gives them these new capabilities? What capabilities are we giving them in the product? Yeah, so they're really... One, a couple of key capabilities, and they're really in the area of being able to automate the request and the assignment of resources to people based on their job role or function, and being able to provide the insight and tracking of that. And that really addresses customer needs in three major areas. One is governance and security, and the second is around compliance, which is, of course, increasingly important at the moment. And the last is really around productivity in terms of enabling the business to do its job. So let's look at each one a little deeper here. So we talk about governance and security, business agility type of stuff. What is it that the product does that helps a customer or gives them new capabilities so that they can deal with governance and security? So it essentially allows the people in the business to be able to control the resources and the business processes within their organization. And of course, they're the people who have the most insight into what those business policies should be. They now have the capability to be able to impact that policy and make that transition from business policy to actual IT practice. The other things that we have specifically when we look at the roles-based provisioning module are, of course, the roles capabilities, and those provide leverage where you have a complex enterprise environment in terms of being able to manage that myriad of applications and rights that are out there, and, of course, the various user constituencies that you have. And they also allow you to deal very well with ad hoc functions, so things like somebody being a project manager for a period of time or having some other particular job function that isn't necessarily related directly to their title or their current location or other things that are static. So definitely taking it from kind of a a management by memo to more of a enforcement and using roles and things of that nature as a way to simplify it. Talk about compliance a little bit. How are we helping out or giving them new capabilities to deal with compliance? Well, roles are a key building block for that. They provide the infrastructure, essentially, to be able to satisfy many compliance regulations and standards, which typically are calling for insight into the state of users' provisioned access, i.e., which rights have they been given on which systems, and then, moreover, how did they get those rights? What was the approval process that was used? Did the right people authorize that? And so this provides uh, capabilities in that area really from two aspects. One is first in terms of being able to essentially automate or enshrine organizational policy in an IT mechanism or in an automated mechanism. And then secondly, from the detective controls perspective, that on the back end, when it's then time to prove compliance, an organization can automatically attest that yes, the proper roles and access have been put in place according to that policy, and that it complies with the appropriate processes and the appropriate policies because all of those things 
have been essentially incorporated in the IT manifestation of these processes. So the compliance comes a lot from the automation of this. We take the human being out of it. We can use the roles to satisfy that requirement of here's what they're supposed to have and here's the process they went through to get there. Now, talk about one issue, kind of as a sub-point to compliance, and that is separation of duties. Can you explain what separation of duties is? Yeah, absolutely. So it's very common in organizations that there will be different functions within the organization that shouldn't be shared by the same person. And so very simple example, for instance, is that perhaps in a hospital environment, the person who's actually making prescriptions perhaps shouldn't be the same person who's fulfilling them. Or in a banking environment, the same person who's writing checks shouldn't be the same person who's authorizing them. So separation of duties allows an organization to be able to define these policies according to these sorts of business activities and say that between these various business activities, there exists a conflict if the same person holds both of those roles. So that can then be automated so that when it comes time to grant people access or grant people roles, those separation of duty constraints can automatically be validated and verified, ensuring that people don't get this invalid access in the first place. And that's probably one of the most difficult things to, to deal with. I remember reading a report about how much that costs businesses um, across the globe was staggering the amount of time and effort they spent dealing with that one particular issue. In addition to that, of course, there are going to be circumstances when occasionally exceptions will be needed. For instance, if somebody's out sick, somebody has to cover both of those jobs. And so you also then have to have the appropriate exception handling and escalation facilities in place to ensure that those circumstances are dealt with as well. Kind of the due process regulation here. Talk about productivity. One of the things we discussed in the previous episode was the fact that user provisioning is in a normal business is kind of an evolutionary process. You know, you start off with this number of applications and over the years you start to get more and more because you either figure out they're coming online or, or that they were available or new ones are coming online. So how does this help from a productivity standpoint and, and who really cares about that productivity? Let me take that perhaps in the reverse order in terms of who cares. So really, it's the line of business that cares, the people who actually make an organization run. And those people include the people who have to do their jobs. I think you can imagine as you change job functions or move within an organization, how frustrating it can be if you don't have access to the systems that you need to be able to complete your job functions. And also then, of course, for the managers who have brought people on board to satisfy particular requirements, they also need their people to be productive from day one. And then the other aspect is how this assists with that. And that really comes down to this idea of leverage. And if you think of, say, a thousand applications out there and a thousand users, and you think of assigning the appropriate access to each of those applications, to each of those users individually, evidently that's a huge number of assignments across all of those things. You get this matrix effect. What the roles provide then is the ability to essentially bundle up those rights into packages that make sense from a business policy perspective and then just assign appropriate users or not even necessarily users but particular groups or other roles through roles inheritance the appropriate technical or application roles that they need. And so really it's that matrixing of the user assignments 
combined with the ability to inherit rights through roles and also assign roles to organizational constructs, such as groups of users, that provides the leverage. So one of the other capabilities that we have in the product is the ability for users to request access to additional resources. How exactly does that work? That's a really good question. So there are essentially two aspects to that. The first of that is what is the policy which governs who's allowed to request what. So they could either request access to a particular application or request access to a business role that may have much more meaning to them and in turn essentially bundle up a number of applications. So there's a dashboard that's available to the users that gives them an overview of those things that are available to them, gives the ability to make those requests, and then based on the policy that's been defined, the appropriate approval processes are gone through, the appropriate managers give their seal of approval and various sorts of approval mechanisms are supported, things like doing things in parallel if you have larger groups of people who have to approve things or doing them in a linear fashion. And then being able to track that also from a user self-service perspective and understand where does your request stand in your workflow. And this is another big step, of course, forward from a manual workflow where you might submit something and now it's on somebody's clipboard somewhere and you really don't have any insight into it. And then the other thing, of course, is for those things that are very critical, you may in fact have folks like security officers or compliance officers involved in the approval processes. And that again could be incorporated in this business policy. So definitely increasing productivity there because now it's not a matter of me having to send off a fax or an email or make a phone call, but instead I can just go and, okay, well, I can request this, I'm going to make it, and then have it go through the provisioning assignment through the workflow process. Yeah, there are automation essentially of two aspects. One is the automation of the actual approval process, which is that whole business process around the policy. Then the other aspect is combined with Novell Identity Manager for many systems you may implement automated provisioning so that as soon as that access has been approved, it's immediately granted to the person who requires it. And in some cases, it may be referred to a help desk for fulfillment or otherwise dealt with. So it definitely sounds like a great product for us to have in our arsenal. Can you give us a little bit of information about when we can expect to have 3.7 out? Yeah, absolutely. We're expecting to release this in mid-fiscal Q4. That's uh, Novell fiscal quarter. And we're going to be licensing it in the same way that we've licensed the prior version of the product, and that's on a per-user basis. Well, we eagerly anticipate this product coming out. So thank you again for being on the show today, Ferris. And we'll be inviting you back for one more here, I believe, to discuss positioning this about you know what's Novell's advantages. So again, thank you very much. Thank you, Justin. So this has been another episode of Sales Talk. Again, we've been discussing the role-based provisioning module as well as provisioning in general and how it fits within your customer. In our next episode of Sales Talk, we'll be discussing the positioning of this product as far as how Novell competes in the marketplace as well as other information you need in order to sell it. So again, thank you very much for your time. And this has been Justin Taylor again, wishing you happy selling. Novell Sales Talk is brought to you by Novell Inc. You can send us feedback at salestalk at novell.com. Thanks for listening. See you next time.